Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker and I'm your host. Selling a piece of jewelry like an engagement ring or wedding set can be a nightmare, but Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to work with you and for you to get the best deal on your piece. And if you're thinking it's not worth the hassle, remember that your diamond engagement ring can be the financial asset that allows you to embrace that fresh start after divorce. Worthy helps you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get a $100 gift card when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. For this episode, we're talking about introducing new intimate partners after divorce. From a timing perspective, I've seen this happen before the divorce is final, sometimes even before the legal process has started, to years after the divorce. Regardless of the timing, it's rarely without challenges but I'm convinced that there are definitely actions that you can take to help make this smoother for all, whether that's you, your children, or your former spouse. My guest today is coach and speaker, Teresa Harlow. Teresa is the author of Combative to Collaborative, The Co-Parenting Code. In her book, Teresa guides former spouses to be good parents together without sacrificing their own happiness. And I know that Teresa has a lot of wisdom for us on this topic today. Welcome, Teresa. Well, thank you for having me, Mandy. And I'm sure ho- I sure hope that I live up to your hype on me. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to start off by talking about timing. And I think people can't always control when they fall in love or who they fall in love with. And it doesn't always happen. I mean, sometimes it does happen before the marriage has formally ended, but that doesn't mean that you have to introduce that person to your children right away. But what is the impact on children of seeing a parent with a new partner while the marriage is ending? Well, depending on their age, they could have a a multitude of different reactions, right? I mean, if they're young, it may just be a little confusing, like who's this new stranger that's hanging around. And if they're older, you know, they're probably quite aware of what it means to be married and in a committed relationship and how that what you're doing doesn't look that way. And so they might question, you know, your morals, whether there may be room for them to loosen up their own moral compass. And that's certainly not something you want them to do if they're teenagers. So those are some of the impacts. But also there's the idea that their other parent may be displaced. And I think kids tend to be protective of their parents. And if they see someone else coming into the picture, especially if it's even before the other person has really separated from the official marriage, they may be very concerned that something's going to happen to that other parent, that they're going to lose their 
mom or their dad that they love and that they know and that they may just fade away. So they could have a a lot of different concerns that should be considered when you're thinking about how to bring a new love interest into your children's lives once you've begun something with them. And I'm thinking if it is really in the middle of the end of the the marriage, that it, it kind of it could make it harder for the children to see that new love interest in a positive. Absolutely. Right. And have a positive relationship with them. Right. I mean, you know, I think they would be rightfully looking to this person as the one that broke our home, you know, the one that maybe they would say ruined our lives and (laughs) made daddy go away or, upset mommy. And that's not going to be good footing upon which to establish some type of positive relationship with them going forward. So if you do have a new love interest right around at the end of the marriage, maybe keep them in the background and hold off introducing your children to them until things from the divorce are more settled. Yeah. And and I think there's more to it than that. Even if the divorce is settled, I I think that when you enter into a new romantic relationship, your world is all kind of butterflies and, and rainbows, right? You get all caught up in that, oh, I'm in love feeling. I'm finally happy again. And you kind of start to just want to tell the world, look at me, I'm happy again. And I want everybody to know it. And you lose sight of what others might be feeling in response to that. So first I'd say, separate the fantasy from the reality of that a bit. You might be in love with the idea of being in love more than you really are in love with this person at this point, if it's early on. Shouldn't you get to know the person first to, before you can really decide if, you know, it's someone that you're going to want around? I mean, I don't know about you, but I tend to kind of, I know when I was dating, I'd kind of tamp down my idiosyncrasies, put on my best face, always do my makeup and my hair and all that stuff and really not show my per se bad side or any anything that might cause them to question me as the best possible mate for them for months, right? Right. Chances are they're doing the same. So give yourself a little time and get to know this person. Also, there's an issue of, of safety. You are absolutely responsible for the safety of your children. And just like any other stranger that you would want them to encounter, You'd want to know that this person is is a good influence, that they don't have any really awful things that could come out. Now, now that's not always going to be something that comes out before you introduce them, but you can certainly do some due diligence there. I mean, my goodness, Google them. (laughs) (laughs) But do yourself a favor and and slow down. Make sure that you're you're really... um, analyzing the situation a bit and being realistic about what it is that you're in here and uh, don't rush it, get to know them and make sure that you feel comfortable introducing this person that is a stranger to your children to them. Right. Before doing so. Okay, great. And so kind of like carrying on from there, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like 
shared parenting is often really difficult for people to adapt to in divorce. But one of the benefits is that on your non-parenting time, you don't have your children and you are free to do whatever you want. And personally, I think that the dating should happen. If you're early on in relationships, that's when the dating should happen, when you don't have parenting time and not during your parenting time. That's right. This is easy to do. For those of us that had the the benefit of a shared parenting style of custody arrangement, you have plenty of free time where, and what I mean by that is free from the children when they're with the other parents. So spend your time with this new person in those time frames, getting to know them. And don't do silly things like don't bring them to the soccer game where your kids are playing. If you haven't introduced them to the kids and, and also to the co-parent, you know, have some common courtesy there. Think about what you would want someone to do if you were on the other end of this scenario. And don't let them answer your phone, drive your car, all those things, um, answer the door. If you're not sure that you're in a committed relationship, that you're going to want to keep them around for a while, that you have established that they're a safe person to uh, introduce to your kids, just don't do it. And so I'm going to ask the big question here too, is having a date sleepover in your home when your kids are there is really, and and this is Teresa's pulling a face at me. We're on Zoom. I can see her face. (laughs) But she doesn't like that idea. And I think that that is kind of like, that sends a message to your children about your expectations of them when they start dating. And I think that that's going to be, that's going to backfire on you. Right. Not only that, but imagine this, you're the child. Even if you're a teenager, you get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and you run into, to the strange man in your house. Uh, That can be terrifying. Right. Right. Um, So you're taking a chance of of imposing all of this uh, fear and discomfort, to say the least, on your child and you have other options. So just choose wisely. Right. So you can put your child's interests before your own. I mean, I think like running into a stranger in the hallway in the middle of the night. I mean, that's the reason for children not to want to come and spend their parenting time with you. Right. Because they don't feel safe or they feel yep. threatened or they feel like they're share, having to share you when they didn't have to before. Yep. And you're not being honest with them. It, it, even if it's one of those, well, I just only have them stay over after I put the kids to bed and they leave before they get up. If it turns out they find out otherwise, then you look like you haven't been honest with your children. Right. And you want them to be honest with you. So do the same for them. It goes both ways. That's right. Right. Okay. So, and maybe this is a, a big topic here. Maybe it's like, how do you recommend introducing a partner? And I can be picky about the word introducing because technically, you know, I could say, hi people, this is, this is John and on my way out to a date and we're going out for a drink and that's introducing them, but they're not spending any time together. I think when we talk about introducing a new partner to children, we're really talking about having them spend time with your children. Yeah. And I'm a big advocate of an incremental approach. 
And this may be controversial for some people to consider, but I really think that it's reasonable to introduce the new love interest to the other parent before you introduce them to your children. Why do I say that? Let's think about this again in the reverse. Your children have met some stranger who's now sleeping in what used to be your home or some other home that they're now spending time in and you don't even know who this person is and they start talking about them and you haven't been given a chance to even meet them to assess the situation yourself. Would you want that to happen to you? I think it's reasonable for a parent to be introduced to someone new or at least be given the opportunity to do so before you introduce this new person to your children. So um, I have seen that written into some parenting plans and agreement to do that. And then I've worked on a lot of mediations where people say, heck, no way. But what does that introducing to your former spouse look like? Do you like agree to go have a drink somewhere, a coffee or... Well, I I would first let them know, hey, I've started to see people again. I mean, don't even consider it doesn't matter who it is. Just break the news that I'm moving forward and starting to consider other love interests. I'm dating. Yeah, I'm dating. I mean, because that in itself may be something they weren't prepared to hear yet. Let them adjust to that idea first. And then, you know, after some level of time is finished. It doesn't have to be a lot. Maybe it's only a couple of weeks or whatever. Say, you know, I, I told you that I've started dating and I've met someone and I really like this person. And, you know, we've been going out for, you know, some number of months. I hope that, that you've kind of set some time frames around it to get to know them. I say that again. Yeah. And, you know, now that I feel like we're going to be together for a while, I'd like to give you an opportunity to meet them because I'm thinking of introducing them to our children. Would you be open to that? And start with that. And then from there, you know, depending on how they react, if they're open to it, you know, maybe it's just a general meeting at their door or something, or maybe you do meet for some kind of cocktail or whatever. It it just really kind of depends on the the type of relationship you do have with your co-parent. Right. You know, the other thing too is make sure that your new love interest is ready to do this. I mean, for that, (laughs) what, you know, it'd be terrible, right? You, you make all these announcements, you tell the co-parent and then you go to them and say, Hey, you want to meet my kids? And they're like, Whoa, hold on a minute. I thought we were just messing around here, Yes. you know? And it's like, Oh, well, and now you got to go back and retract all that. Well, I guess we're not really committed and <laughs> never mind. And it just gets really awkward. So, you know, make sure all parties are on the same page before you ever start this whole thing. And right, that right. way you'll avoid your own scenario that you don't want to be in. Right. That's really good advice. Teresa, we're going to take a short break here and then we'll be back. Okay. Um, So this is my guest today is co-parenting coach and speaker, Teresa Harlow. Teresa is the author of Combative to Collaborative, The Co-Parenting Code. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back and do stay tuned for more great advice on how you can introduce a new partner to your kids and your ex without it being the end of your romance. 
Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. With Worthy, you'll find a selling partner who will help you transform your rings from dusty relics of hard times to a financial asset to help you start fresh. Worthy takes care of everything from insurance coverage to secure shipping, professional grading, and more. So when you're ready to sell, partner with Worthy. We're ready when you are. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about introducing your new partner to your family after divorce. My guest today is coach and speaker, Teresa Harlow. Teresa is the author of Combative to Collaborative, The Co-Parenting Code. And in her book, Teresa guides former spouses to be good parents together without sacrificing their happiness. Teresa, I wanted to to pick up again on our conversation that we were having before the break about introducing partners to children. And you, with your expertise, said, well, before you introduce them to the the children, introduce them to your ex, your your co-parent. Obviously, I think just to be clear for our listeners, co-parent does not get to veto the relationship. That's right. This is a a courtesy, kind of a, a courtesy Correct. Um, it's an it's an opportunity, and it and it shows them you respect them as the parent, and as your parenting teammate. I like to think of the co-parent relationship as as team members. You're both parent team members raising children together, and the interesting thing about that is you've been on teams where you don't necessarily like everyone on the team, but you still root right. for the team's success, right? So. You can still root for your team's success without necessarily, you know, liking each other. Right. Um, but you can still respect them. Yeah, I really I like that picture of still being a team and not liking all the teammates, but you still have to to work together as a team. And I think, you know, and the other guiding principle there too is it, it's so much better for your other parent to hear about a new partner from you than it is from the kids because oh, yeah. you get to control the narrative too of what's being said rather than <laughs> <laughs> well yeah because you never know what the kids might pick up on right <laughs> who knows yeah. yeah yeah so when you are ready to introduce a new love interest to your children how do you go about that and well, I'm guessing I, you're going to tell me it's going to be incremental again. <laughs> you guessed it. Yeah. Well, you know, I just think it's easier to to kind of ease into this rather than dump the whole thing on people at once. You were going you know? away for a weekend together or. <laughs> or, hey, this is your new mommy or daddy. Gosh, I really hate that one. Yeah. Because it's just all this pressure. It's like, wait a minute. What happened to old mommy or old daddy? And all this craziness. So I'd say, yeah, you know, um, you can, again, I think you need to really calibrate it to the child's age. If they're young, there's probably not as much um, complexity to this. Hey, this is mommy's new friend, Joe. 
I want you to meet him. And that's maybe all that's required for a young child as they get into middle school, high school age, they've become interested in this opposite sex. So they're going to be really aware of things and, and you need to be mindful of that and maybe let them know, just like you let your co-parent know, mom started to date again. And um, I've met a special friend and I'd really like you to meet him or her. And uh, then when it comes to the actual scenario, give that a little bit of time to settle in so they can, you know, emote on that. They may have a little bit of grieving to do because most kids kind of harbor this fantasy of their parents Um, getting back together, right? I mean, we all know the story of the parent trap and all of that. And it's real. Um, so you have to, to consider that they may be very sad to hear that you've, you know, really driven a stake in their former family and you're moving on, um, which sounds great to you and, and just horrifying to them. So let that settle in and kids are very resilient. They will adjust if you take care and how you, how you move forward. And then I would really set up a scenario where, you know, look, you're not introducing them in front of a whole bunch of other people. It's really a, an intimate setting with you and the, your new love interest and the kids in something where you can all enjoy each other's time and conversation together. Maybe you play cards or a board game. Maybe you go bowling or some other activity outdoors that you like to do that you all have a common interest but that affords you an opportunity to actually talk so that they can get to know this other person and and vice versa. So for that reason, I really don't suggest things like a movie because you're sitting there silently for two hours. You're really not going to get very much interaction there unless you're going to like maybe go out for ice cream or something after it. That gives you that opportunity. So do something that everyone's going to enjoy. And for goodness sakes, don't expect too much. I mean, don't expect everyone just falls in love with everyone immediately. There may be a very chilly reception by your children to this new person, and that's okay. It's also okay to make sure that they show respect for this new person. They need to be respectful so they can't say hateful things to them or you're not my dad or (laughs) it's like, okay, you are correct this isn't your dad and we're not trying to replace your dad. You have a dad. So just handle that carefully. Right. Your suggestion about doing an activity was something that I had from another guest before introducing, because then it's sort of doing that an activity like a board game or something means that there's something else other to talk about than the relationship. Right. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes it less tense and it's more fun. And yeah, yeah, no one wants to just sit there kind of on the spot. Neither side's going to like that, right? None of you are going to really enjoy that. So they don't need to give each other an inquisition or. (laughs) And again, do you think with, you know, if you have middle school and high school age kids, are you kind of modeling for them the sort of behavior you'd like them to show you when they have a love interest that they? care about and want to be dating on a more regular basis? Well, I think that's an excellent point, Mandy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, act in ways that you would want your children to behave. Otherwise, 
they're going to model whatever it is you actually do. So that can kind of help keep you on track right there. Probably makes you have to think things through a bit more too. It does. <laughs> and, and, you know, for those that are, that are spontaneous people, you may have to take some breaths and really put yourself in time out a bit here and just be very deliberate in, in how you plan, you know, write it out if you need to, so that you can kind of contemplate these steps that you're going to take, you know, visually in front of you. Don't just leave it to chance that it's all going to fall into place and and everybody's going to, you know, magically become this new unit immediately. That rarely happens. Right. Right. And and you mentioned just before, as part of this, like, you know, one of the kids reactions could be, you know, what's, you know, you're not my daddy. So a big question for you is what are your recommendations for how the children should address a new partner? Well, I think if you haven't married them yet, they can address them by whatever name they're comfortable with. If you're more formal people, maybe it's Mr. or Miss. If you're less formal people, first names, you know. Right. Um, and, and I think that's completely appropriate. After it becomes more of a step-parent, step-child relationship, then I think that you still should be careful of preserving those very special titles of mom and mommy and mother and dad, daddy and father for the, you know, the child's primary parents. Whatever way that they refer to the maybe biological or the the primary parent. Yes. That is, that's like sacred. Those are sacred, I really, the hallowed yeah. words that they, you can't just subvert them to this new partner. Yeah. I, I really think that's exclusive. Now, and I know there is there are different scenarios where maybe there's abandonment of a of a parent, and that kind of goes into a whole different realm. So I I do recognize that there are those scenarios, but when the other parent is still present yes. in the child's life, I think it's best to as, assign other titles. There's step parent, stepdad, stepmom, and I also I, like I, I was going to say I also <laughs> like bonus parent. And the cool thing about bonus as a designation is it's this positive. It just went from being this uh, Cinderella sort I was just of, to say, there's uh, no wicked fairy tale. Yeah, about the evil step. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no one wants to feel like the evil stepmother or stepfather. But, uh, you know, bonus sounds like, hey, I bring something extra to the table. So I like that. But in the end, kind of allow the children to to pick their own titles, too, as long as they're respectful and that the other person is is aligned to it as well. So. All right. So um, we're almost up on time, but I do have one other question I'd like to ask you. I said in in the introduction, we can't always control the timing of falling in love with someone. And I don't think you can always control who you fall in love with. And that means sometimes you could fall in love with your kid's teacher, your kid's friend's mom, your their scout leader, their soccer coach, yeah. which I think creates some complications there. <laughs> yeah. You have to be even more intentional and deliberate than you would normally. What do you have to offer our listeners on that? Well, besides the strategies earlier for keeping those separations, you know, the whole like, don't let them answer your door, answer your phone, drive your car, all those accidental sort of 
situations. Don't have them sitting on your couch when you know your kids might be coming by, that sort of thing. I really think that it's a good idea to establish some type of guideline for yourself. And hopefully the two, both parents can agree on a similar timetable. Like I'm going to say that I will not introduce our children to anyone for six months, meaning I know them for six months before I introduce them to our children. Maybe six months is not the right time frame for you. Only you can decide what makes sense for you. But what you don't want to fall in the pattern of is parading, you know, every person you date in front of your kids and really confusing them and having them feel like, well, is this going to be my new dad? Is this going to be my new stepmom? And what about how many people is mom sleeping with? You know, sort of thing. Yeah. If they're if they're teenagers, for sure, you you do need to be sensitive to that. So that's my I, I set a six month time frame right. and I stuck to it. You know, others may not have done that, and I, I don't judge them for it, but I just felt like I knew I didn't let down my guard of being perfect or at least a pretending to be whatever for six months. So I wanted to see if some of those things came out before I started bringing my child into the picture with them. Because once you once you do bring a love interest into the picture with your children, your children will form a bond with them. Yeah, that's the other thing. Time. They'll, they'll bond with them. And then if and when you do come to end that relationship, there's a loss and a grief that your yes. children feel then and probably the oh my gosh. they are, the that, that's they a, feel it. Yeah. And you know, that's a great point that we haven't really covered is that here I am talking about you want to make sure you get to decide you're in a committed relationship and all of that. But on the other hand, if you aren't doing that due diligence and introducing them to your kids and they just fall in love with them and you're kind of like, I don't know how much I really want to be with this person. Now you got to rip them away from them. And that's just another loss for them. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, Teresa, uh, thank you so, so much for your time. One more question to wrap up here. If, If you had one thing to take away from our conversation today for our listeners, what would that be? So I really have two very quick things. One, I'd say, whatever you do, apply the golden rule. And the golden rule is to treat others the way you want to be treated. So whether we're talking about introducing new partners into the scenario or anything else regarding your co-parenting relationship, if you stick to things that saying things and doing things that you would be comfortable being on the receiving end of, you're going to be more likely to preserve that relationship with your co-parent and with your children. And remember, you're all on the same team as a family. Right, right. That's great. Thank you again, Teresa. Oh, thank you so much, Mandy. I really appreciate appreciate it. Listeners, my guest today was coach and speaker Teresa Harlow. Teresa is the author of Combative to Collaborative, The Co-Parenting Code. In her book, Teresa guides former spouses to be good parents together without sacrificing their own happiness. And we'll put in the show notes the link to Teresa's website. The book is available on her website as well as wherever you buy your books. 
for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is a selling partner with an online auction platform designed to help you sell your jewelry, such as an engagement ring or wedding set. When you decide to send your ring, Worthy takes care of the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely at our New York office. Once your jewelry arrives, the team at Worthy professionally cleans and photographs it before sending it out to a grading lab. All of these steps are designed to maximize your price in Worthy's online auction, where hundreds of buyers compete for your piece. One of the best parts of selling with Worthy is that you are completely in control. You'll work with Worthy's team to set a reserve price before the auction starts, keeping you in control of how much your ring sells for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we will send your ring back to you and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. And for a limited time, our podcast listeners can get an extra $100 to Amazon when they sell their jewelry with Worthy. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you. So reach out to us at podcastworthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. We look forward to hearing from you. And you can also find more episodes at worthy.com forward slash podcast.